Hey everyone, Mike here. Welcome to episode 52 of Around the Crease Podcast. We have another great one in store for you this week. This week we have the founder of TriangleLax.com, Damian Hall. He's with us this week because he's going to talk a little bit about some North Carolina high school lacrosse. We cover almost the entire state and a good chunk of it. He's talking about the players and teams to look out for this season. He makes some uh, early season, not predictions, but early season prognostication on some of the teams that may have a chance at reaching the state championship once again this year. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that. And I hope you stick around for the final segment because as Michael and I have been doing, we do our own little talk at the end of each of these episodes. This week we're talking about watching college lacrosse. We talk about a little bit some of the challenges that encompasses as far as being able to find the games and even be able to find where they're streaming. I talk a little bit about the challenges for me of watching the college game at all as I'm so in-depth into the high school lacrosse season. But I also talk a little bit about sneaking some stuff in while I'm at my full-time job. So I hope you guys stick around for that. But before we get there, we're going to do a quick sponsor break because it definitely helps to keep the show free. And then we're going to get right into the show. here with Damian Hall. He's the founder of TriangleLax.com. And of course, Michael Ward is here as well. Damian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to be a part of this. So for um, anybody who may not know what uh, TriangleLax is, you cover mostly the uh, what most people might recognize as the RTP Research Triangle part in North Carolina. So that kind of covers the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill area. So Duke fans and Chapel Hill fans should probably be fairly familiar with that, correct? <laughs> Uh, they should they, they should be hopefully the state fans too even though they don't have a team uh, in the area but you know that's kind of the three universities that comprise kind of this area um, the three major universities yeah so that that should orientate everyone all across fans just a little bit <laughs> um, so I want to kind of start because obviously we're talking going to be talking 2019 preview but um, for those who don't know do a quick recap of what happened um, last year Sure. Last year, um, saw a an epic run by Middle Creek ended in the state championship when they lost to Lake Norman out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Middle Creek had one of the longest streaks in North Carolina history, um, led uh, mostly by the Caputo brothers, uh, the oldest of which Owen is now at Duke, um, and the younger of which Jake is in his senior year now. Um, in the 3A division, um, another triangle team, East Chapel Hill, made it all the way to the finals before going up against arguably the best team in the state in Weddington in the small school championships. Um, so it was a really, really competitive season, um, one, one of the more competitive ones to date. Um, you're really seeing a lot of the, the second-tier teams really rising up closer and closer um, and it's going to be really interesting. Over the last several years, we've kind of had three teams that kind of just sit at the top, especially in the big school area. Uh, and that's Cardinal Gibbons, uh, Middle Creek, and Apex. And then East Chapel Hill, as I mentioned before, is kind of the school that has separated itself in the small school division uh, from our area and from the East in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed uh, you mentioned that win streak. I think Middle Creek, they were up to 43 straight games. They had gone undefeated in 2017. And all the way through 2018 until that, that very final game. So I'm sure that was uh, – I think that's, from what I have been able to find, that is the longest winning streak in state history. I think the previous one that I found was like was Lake Norman at like 27 games a few years ago. So obviously a pretty impressive streak and a tough way for, for that to end for Coach Alota and the, and, uh, the Mustangs. Absolutely. Um, and I think that they're going to be one of those teams that's that's really, really hungry. And I, you know, I see a possibility that we can see that same clash coming down the road. Um, I think that both of those teams have two of probably the two best faceoff guys in the state. Um, uh, I can't remember the kid from Lake Norman's name. It's not my area of expertise, but uh, he and Graham Schwartz kind of went head to head. And uh, the kid from Lake Norman came on top a little bit last year. Um, so it's gonna be very exciting to see how that all goes down, um, this year as well. Yeah. So that perfect segue into the 2019. So you guys are what, uh, what three, four days away, four days out. Started? We are, yeah. We're four days out from the first day of the 2019 season. Uh, most teams will have two to three days of tryouts, uh, starting Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll, we'll hit the ground really running on Friday with a lot of, uh, play day scrimmages happening, even on that first Saturday, you'll see a lot of teams pair up or get into groups and, and have a day of scrimmaging just to get uh, hit the ground running. 
Uh, a lot of teams have kind of already been working together on in the offseason, putting in the, the bases of their offenses and defenses. So uh, we're, I'm sure they'll be a little bit more ready to go than they would have been in years past. Yeah. So who, who's looking good so far? I mean, I, I guess we should maybe start with Middle Creek since you had mentioned him. Middle Creek, Lake Norman, or like, probably Middle Creek since you mentioned Owen um, and Jake. Owen obviously is at Duke. I know Jake's coming back, and I think he's coming close to 300 career points this year. So how, how's Middle Creek looking um, this season? I think they're going to look really good. I think there's going to be um, some question marks on the attack end of the field. I know they have a transfer coming in in, uh, in Greenberg, uh, coming in from Holly Springs, who's going to definitely help out uh, from that perspective. Jake's going to be at the shoulder, a heavy load between the lines all over the place. Um, they're going to be looking between the lines for some more help too. losing AJ King, who's now a long committee at high point university is going to be a big loss for them. Um, he's been a hundred ground ball guy for three years running. Uh, that's a lot of ground balls to lose. Um, having Graham at the face off X really, really helps them out a lot and not having to about where's the next ball going to come from. Um, so I think that's going to be really, really interesting to see how much he can help them control the pace of games, mm-hmm. um, which historically since coach a has taken over, they like to play fast and, you know, I don't know if they're going to slow down a little bit or if they're going to keep going at the pace they've gone before, but it's going to be really interesting. So I'm sure it's, it's well, probably impossible to replace a score like Owen. I mean, he's the state's all time leading scorer, but so did they do it by committee? Like how do they kind of go about replacing that kind of level of production? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can't, I don't think you can't, unless you have another Owen Caputo, which I don't know if the state's going to see one for a long time. Um, the last kid we had that was anything like Owen Caputo was Tony Mendez, um, who played at East Chapel Hill back in the early two thousands. Um, just a completely dominant player that's going to take over a game. Um, Jake has that opportunity. I don't know that from the midfield, you can really score that kind of points. Um, so, but you know, it's going to take Jake. It's going to take some younger guys stepping up. Uh, Greenberg's going to be asked to take over some of those points. I think they're going to need 50, 60 points out of him. Um, and, you know, I know they've got some young guys, um, also coming through the the pipeline. They're going to need to, to step up because they didn't just lose Owen. They lost a couple of other players as well in that process. All right. So, um, outside of middle Creek, who else is looking pretty good? You know, I think Apex is going to be back where they were uh, a few years ago. I think that Apex may honestly have one of the best attack units as a whole in the area. Uh, with Sacchini, White, and uh, I can't remember DJ's last name. Sophomore, very, very good player. I think they really complement each other really well with Sacchini being a finisher, White being kind of the quarterback, and DJ kind of being the, the dodger um, and, and kind of the do-it-all kid even though he's young he's a big body he's probably up to about six foot maybe a little bit more than that now had a really great summer playing against high level competition um personally i see the three of them out working a lot in the area together so i expect them to have a really high level of chemistry um i think their defense is a little older and a little more experienced this year and it's going to be really interesting to see how that all uh comes together and they have a really great midfielder in um, Preston Lowlicker, who's a great do-it-all midi. And I know they've got somebody to relieve him of some of his face-off duties, which is, I think is going to fresh him up on the offensive end. Um, he's a really tough cover. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how he's able to, to do a little more um, this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, can't, I couldn't, couldn't let the podcast go by, but, you know, from 2014 to 2016, Cardinal Gibbons was – maybe one of the more dominant teams in the state winning three straight titles. I know they won the, the, the I guess the small school, what I would consider the small school uh, for the first two years and then won four, eight in 2016. How are they looking? Are they ready to be back on top or uh, is this the power balance in the state shifted a little bit? I don't, I don't think Cardinal Gibbons is ever a school you can discount as being in. I mean, they lost a very, very tight game to middle Creek in the semifinals last year. Um, and I think that you're going to see they're very, very good, especially on the defensive end of the field. They have one, if not the best goalie in the state, um, in, in Riley Meyer, and he is going to anchor a young, but very talented, very aggressive defense. 
I know that um, their defense is going to be a, a def- much different level this year uh, than it was last year where they were playing three freshmen regularly, and those kids got a lot of playing time against a lot of top competition. Um, I know Coach Buckley does a great job of creating a schedule that is competitive, and he's really focuses more on the growth of his players than just wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows come playoff time when, you know, in the crunch, his players are focused and poised and, and ready to go. And last year it really just came down to Graham Schwartz, you know, not letting Cardinal Gibbons have the ball. It's, it's very, it's very difficult to, uh, to score goals when you don't have the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I know they Cardinal Gibbons, usually their defense seems to be really their, their strength year in year out. Like they, they always play some pretty low scoring games whenever I, whenever I notice them. Um, it's uh, kind of one of those things like you get you kind of get used to. Obviously, for me, I get wrapped up in the, the offensive production because that's mostly what I look for. But it seems like Cardinal Gibbons, they, they have pretty good defense the last few years. So we must be doing something right down there. They really do. And, la- and last year, even though they did graduate quite a few big pieces and, and guys like Wozencroft and Shush, and, uh, Shush um, who are at Amherst and Salisbury, respectively, um, um, they they have some really really good players um, like Daniel Enoch and Diego Roman who are just special talents that are going to go a long way uh, over the next few years for them. And uh, obviously, Weddington has been the pretty, you, you mentioned at the top they've been pretty dominant and they won back to back one A two A three A championships. They gonna they gonna three peat. I I. I, I don't really see anybody from the East that's going to be able to come up with that kind of firepower. I think East Chapel Hill has a great opportunity to put some things together. They're a little older. They've got um, a great player in Ryan Levy, um, who is a, a D1 commit, and he is a good player. And he's got some, some now sophomores and juniors around him that we'll see what they can, can do with that. But I think that the loss of uh, Simon Perkins – for them is going to be big. Uh, Simon Perkins was an LSM uh, defensive man up, played off. He kind of a did everything for them all over the place kind of player, but with the pole. Um, and, and not having him, I think, is going to be uh, interesting for East this year. Um, but I think that they, they, I think they are probably the favorites in the East. Um, and that Weddington is definitely going to be the favorites coming out of the West. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if, it, you know, if East can come up with a, a plan over the year and, and improve enough to really to give them to go toe-to-toe. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be tough. You know, those kids that got down there are, are very talented. Um, I believe one's a Penn State recruit. Um, and so it's going to be uh, – I think it's, it's going to be their year again. I think the three-peat is, uh, is definitely in their sights. Yeah. And I think they got Weddington is pretty so a pretty good uh, returning of offense too. I think Anthony and if I mispronounce the name, I'm going to apologize. Anthony Todaro and James Shipley, and uh, obviously two pretty good players. I think Shipley he's approaching a pretty big milestone this year as well. I have him about and he's 98, so he has to have a pretty good season for 300 points. But he's had a pretty good career so far, so not not outside of his reach. So pretty good offensive um, production no, I coming think, back. I think, I think 98 is definitely in the realm of what Shipley is <laughs> going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, it's funny that, you know, you mentioned that 300 milestone. I read your article uh, about the Southeast and we've got four or five kids in, yeah. uh, in North Carolina that are going to be approaching that. It's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, one of those kids is, is Van Parker um, out of Broughton high school. And I think that Broughton's going to um, make an attempt to, to, to make a big run. They've got, two really, really big middies, D1 middies um, at the midfield. And they've got Van Parker, who's an Air Force commit at the attack. Um, you know, they get their goalie back that uh, was out last season, um, who is a, who's a very special talent as well in Massarelli. So I think that they have an opportunity to, to push for that, that conference title. You know, and they have the unfortunate as many would say uh, task of having to go head to head with Cardinal Gibbons twice every year. Uh, So I think, but I think that they could have the pieces um, to really, to really push that matchup and see what they can do. And that conference is pretty tough overall with also having um, Leesville in it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the, the amount of players. I think I have uh, four or five listed that are hitting, you know, various century marks. I mean, it, 
it's kind of crazy because I know last year, last year was pretty exciting from my perspective because obviously we had Owen Caputo that was going after the the state record for um, most career points. But then we had uh, Sean Goldsmith out of Northwest Guilford. He also ended up breaking the record as well and ended up finishing second all time in the state. So we had actually, that record was going down one way or the other last year. It was just almost kind of a race to see who got more games, who would finish with more points. It was kind of crazy. And now we got, you know, several more guys. I think that just kind of speaks to the talent level in the state um, and, and what's been happening down there. Cause obviously it's been growing pretty rapidly. We have been, and it's been really exciting. And, you know, as fast as the boys game is growing, the girls game is actually growing even faster. Um, you know, we see two, three new girls teams every year. And that level of competition is, is really, really high. And I think we've seen, you know, the Cardinal Gibbons girls and the Lake Norman girls really tussle it out in Charlotte Catholic down there, tussle it out over the last few years. East Chapel Hill um, on the girls side is going to be very good this year, um, as well as Apex always right there in the mix. Um, but I think that we, I think we will be looking at a Cardinal Gibbons Lake Norman uh, rematch again in the state championship for the girls side. Okay. All right, so we're kind of wrapping up here. Is there any teams that we maybe forgot, didn't touch on, that um, are worth a mention, teams or players? Uh, sure. I think that if you look at uh, Wakefield, um, they are going – they got a transfer in from Colorado who I've not seen play yet personally, but um, from what I've heard from a lot of other coaches in the area, that the kid's the real deal. Uh, I think you add him to Kevin Ritter and the Pierungs and the Santos brothers and – they have a lot, a lot of offensive weapons. Um, if they can find out some answers up the middle of the field from the faceoff down to their goal, I think that they're going to be a really serious competitor. Um, I think that they are definitely the favorite to win their conference, um, which I'm kind of giving away some of my, my, my preseason stuff right here. Um, but I haven't even had a chance to publish yet. It's a small um, preview. Everybody's going to have to go to trianglelax.com to see the rest. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I think that there's going to be uh, some really good uh, potential out of Apex Friendship uh, to, to push for third place in that uh, Middle Creek conference. I think 1-2 is going to be Middle Creek and or, or Apex, but I think the rest of that conference is really, really competitive. Um, and then you, you really can't, you know, I'll talk about from the coast. You really can never uh, leave out um, uh, Hoggard. Uh, which is really always a really well-coached team. Um, in the privates, I think that uh, Durham Academy is going to have a great opportunity to, to make some noise. They have probably, uh, arguably, uh, the best midfielder, uh, he and Caputo, uh, Schaffer Woody, uh, probably the best midfielders in the state. Uh, Schaffer is a Syracuse commit um, who just is unbelievable on the run. Uh, you know, he's a lefty righty guy, very dangerous, does a lot for them. Um, you know, the biggest thing for Durham Academy is they're going to have to replace uh, Carpenter, who just was an unreal talent. Uh, he's another Duke commit, um, an unreal talent. He's currently at the Salisbury School, uh, but that's going to be tough for them. Ravenscroft has a lot of really good players in the privates for us, and, you know, they're always competitive. That game is really fun. Um, so it's going to be, you know, those teams are really good, but I think that's, you know, that that's kind of our, our our top tier, but then what I said before earlier is that our the our 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 next tier is growing and becoming more and more competitive. Uh, teams like Heritage and Millbrook, Leesville, uh, they all are are very very good. Northwood in the in the small school division has been has been very good. Jordan uh, is going to be young, um, but they have a really great coaching staff and they have an opportunity to win their conference against Panther Creek and Green Hope and. Uh, and, and those schools and potentially, you know, maybe win a playoff game or two. Um, you know, it's gonna be very interesting to see. There's a lot of coaching changes in the triangle this year. I think yeah. there were, I think there were 10 or 12 coaching changes in the triangle this year. So there's going to be a lot of new faces on sidelines. There's going to be a lot of new culture, a lot of adjustments. You're going to see different styles of play from teams that you haven't seen in the past. So it's going to be a very interesting year. I'm really excited. There's only four days left before we can, <laughs> before we can really start talking about, okay, well, you know, what are we going to see? You know, we've got two weeks of preseason, and then I believe the first game is Middle Creek and Broughton on uh, on the two on in, in two weeks or a week from two weeks from Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So it's it's gonna and that, that that's gonna be that's, that's a that's a big one to start out. Yeah, with. that's a big one for both teams. It's a tough <laughs> yeah. game to start off with. It, it, re- it really is. It's gonna be really interesting how that game goes down, um, especially with Massarelli back in cage for the Capitals. Yeah. 
And before I know there, there might be someone screaming at their, their phone right now because we have not mentioned Christ School at all. Obviously, they're the back-to-back <laughs> NCISAA champions. Um, but, you know, that's it, a little bit outside your area of expertise since it's far west of the state. So we haven't forgotten about them. We no, the, yeah, the, 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 green, the, green, the Greenies are a very, very good team. Um, you know, and I know they actually got a transfer from Cardinal Gibbons. One of Cardinal Gibbons' good young attackers actually just transferred to, to Christ School, and he's going to boost their play quite a bit. Uh, I know they have a Loyola commit um, uh, all, as well coming out of Christ School. Um, you know, you always got to worry about Charlotte Latin. You know, they've always got some good teams. It's going to be a very interesting year in the privates as well. Yeah, definitely uh, very good. And for anybody who knows this, this separation, there's a private school championship tournament and the um, public school. So um, there's two two different ways that North Carolina splits up their their stuff. So um, I'm going to let Michael. Michael, you got anything for for Damien before we let him go for the day? Well, not specifically about uh, a team. Um, my question more is about the state in general. Um, I always thought North Carolina should be you know, right up there with the Maryland's, the New York's based on having Duke, North Carolina, blue blood programs. Um, And it doesn't seem to be that way. But if you had to guess right now or had to say, what would you say the state, the state of the union, I guess, for North Carolina lacrosse would be? You know, we are, we are growing. We are growing just as fast as Atlanta, Florida, Texas, Um, you know, and much like Texas competes with football, we compete with soccer and basketball. Um, you know, North Carolina will tell you we are a basketball state and, you know, we are still growing in the coaching ranks and, and we are getting more and, and better coaches who are elevating the IQ of our players year after year after year. Uh, players are playing, playing more um, and getting better looks at, at more high level competition. Uh, and so I think that we're seeing a really exponential growth. I think if you look at the number of high-level college prospects that are coming out of the state, I think that you see that it is growing and growing. So on an individual player basis, we are definitely growing. Um, from the, the grassroots side of thing, you know, we could use some improvement on the youth side, uh, a little more uh, organization. Uh, I think we're a little fractured on our youth side, and I think that if we could get that um, together in the next four or five years, you would see a lot of really big growth in the area. And I think the teams that are getting better and better are the ones that do have those youth programs in place. Well, that's great. Um, and then the other question is, you just said something, there's 12 new coaches. Yes. There, there's been, there's been, a, there's been a lot of turnover either because of uh, life situations, jobs, uh, that sort of thing. You know, a lot of coaches in North Carolina aren't teachers in the schools. Um, you know, we don't have that really deep coaching pool um, that maybe some other states have. And so we are always looking to get coaches from wherever we can find them. And uh, when we find good coaches that are non-teachers, we, you know, try we do our best to hire them and then, you know, and, and account for them and accommodate them in their schedules. So, uh, you know, some of it has just been kind of some shuffling around. Um, some of it has been, you know, a couple of coaches went to coach in college. Uh, you know, a couple of coaches um, moved. A couple of coaches had job uh, uh, requirements that, that no longer allowed them to coach. So, you know, there's been a lot of different things that have come along the way that have caused that. But it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think that overall the coaching in the triangle is going to be up this year. I think a couple of assistant coaches have taken head jobs. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that all unfolds. Yeah, yes. I would, I'd have to think, like, um, just from the non-athletics perspective, you know, I grew up in Raleigh, just outside of Raleigh, um, for the first 18 years of my life. So the way Raleigh looks now compared to then is drastically different. And I know a lot of, like, tech companies and stuff like that have been relocating. So I know the population of that Raleigh area has just exploded in the last five to six years. So I'm guessing that's probably going to have a lot to do with the – um, expansion of the sport because you're going to get coaches and people from different areas of the country that maybe bring like like a lot of states bring lacrosse with them and be like hey you know I did this back home let's bring it here so I think you're that that's probably going to ha- I would have to imagine that'll help the area as well just that that population growth absolutely I think the population growth has been 
absolutely staggering in this area. And it's going to continue to grow as more and more tech companies do come into the triangle. And you're absolutely right. I think that we're getting to the point here where people that are local to Raleigh feel like the foreigners, as opposed to the people who have come in from the Midwest, the North, and you are seeing people that have played lacrosse and their youth and their children are now coming up through the systems. And, you know, we are seeing an influx of higher level players at a younger ages. You know, I see now um, when I work with kids that are even as young as 10, 11, 12 years old that are equally as skilled as some of the 14, 15, 16 year olds um, just because they've been playing longer. And I think we're going to see a really big influx in this 2021 through 2024 years of really talented players coming through North Carolina. And from a selfish perspective, I grew up a Wolfpack fan. What's it going to take for NC State to go D1? They, it's got to drive them nuts that Duke and Carolina. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, you know, from having talked to uh, some friends of mine who have tried to restart uh, sport lacrosse programs at the alma maters, it, it's, a, it's a big endeavor. It's about yeah. a 15 to $20 million endeavor. You've got Title IX to work about, worry about because you can't really just start a boys team. Yep. You can just start a girls team which is yeah. a lot easier. And honestly, the girls lacrosse is absolutely booming. And I think if anybody's going to get a team first, it'll probably be the Wolfpack women. We'll get a team uh, before the men do. Um, but with being a big time football school with a full 110 man roster, adding, adding another boys sport is very, very tough. Um, it would probably involve cutting another boys sport, which I don't think that NC state is in the, in the realm of doing anytime soon. Yeah, definitely we'll be cutting the basketball program. <laughs> no, 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 though, though I'm sure some of the fans sometimes wish they would just to save themselves the agony. <laughs> I, I could be included in one of those. I've been a wolf pack. Like, I remember oh. you mentioned the state. The, car- the, cardi- the cardiac pack. I am, yep. I am, I am a member as well. The, uh, I remember my first day of kindergarten very vividly. My people were asked me, like, are you a state Duke or a Carolina fan? Like, you had to make that choice early, <laughs> at an early, early age. Uh, so it was kind of funny to hear, like, People still think of it as a, a basketball state because I remember when they were talking about the Hornets coming, getting the Charlotte Hornets. They're like, it'll never work. Everybody watches college here. And even the Hornets tried to draft. I think they drafted J.R. Reed with their number one pick because they figured if they kept in-state talent, they were just trying to draft UNC guys, figuring that would help draw people. They were so worried about bringing fans. They were like, well, we'll just draft local guys. And people go and be like, well, you know, some of those guys didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah. That was the thinking back down. That at least when I was growing up, I was thinking so. Hopefully, lacrosse. Obviously, obviously I know um, I just put link to the article that one of the local outlets down there said participation in several sports um, is declining, which includes football and lacrosse is one of the growing sports down there. So that's obviously a positive fact for everybody that's probably listening to this to hear that the sport is growing down there and gaining more popularity. Absolutely, absolutely, it's very exciting, and I think we're going to see with all the new high schools opening. Um, you know, and they're all intending to, to play lacrosse. Uh, you know, the new South Garner school is, is, has a JV team this year, both boys and girls. The girls might actually be varsity, but the boys, I'm pretty sure, are just JV. Planning to go full varsity next year. I know in Green Level is a new high school that opens up next fall that they're going to be um, including all spring sports, including lacrosse. So there's going to be, even you know, more and more numbers. You know, we'll be pushing that, that 100 team mark just here in the – in the triangle over the next eight to nine years. And we think we're currently sitting at about 80, 81 um, or so uh, teams in the area that play lacrosse. So I think it's really exciting. It's really growing fast. Um, You know, and I have a really good time, you know, trying to bring some more uh, notoriety to the sport um, through uh, triangleax.com. And I keep waiting for my high school to get a program. I went to South Johnston, so I'm, I keep waiting for them to, to start you know, John, program. John, Johnson, Johnson County, I think, is going to be one of those counties that it's going to happen all at once. You know, they've got Corinth Holders was the first program in Johnson County. I know Clayton is really on the cusp of, of getting a team. Um, and I think that once a couple teams get it and it starts affecting the overall cup standings as far as the overall uh, state cup i think you're going to see more and more teams um competing all right well i think we've covered about as much as we can at this point so <laughs> oh, not a problem go, let uh tell everybody where they can find you online and social media absolutely so you can find us online at triangle uh, at triangle dot on instagram and triangle on twitter 
and I'll make sure I have links to all that in the show notes. Damien, thank you very much. And you only got a few more days to wait until those first, first practices kick off. So not Absolutely. much longer. We can't, we can't wait. Thanks again for having me, guys. All right. Bye. You have a good one. You too. Bye. Thank you. All right, Michael. That was a great conversation with Damien Hall, founder of TriangleLax.com. And it was kind of funny. We kind of ended with the talk. It seems like every week we kind of get someone mentions the, the next team that could go D1. This week it just happened to be me. But it leads us in perfectly to what we wanted to talk about for this week, which was basically the college game because obviously the college season just kicked off and we have a full slate of games. We're recording this. Um, it's almost 10 o'clock Central Time and we have games uh, full slate getting ready to start here in the next five minutes or so. So, And I know you had talked about um, watching some games, so I figured I'd let you kind of kick it off and see what, what, what excites you about watching the college lacrosse game. Well, as we're talking right now, I'm, I'm looking online, and in an hour is North Carolina Furman. Uh, and I, I, it, it's great to be able to watch it. The only problem is now it's you'll have four or five games, uh, and I'm streaming online at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think anything's on broadcast today. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't seen it. So I have all the sites, ESPN Plus, Watch ESPN, Bleacher Report, Big Ten, so I'm trying to cover everything. Um, the only problem is it's all at the same time. So there's going to be f- five games within 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock Eastern time. So y- you can't watch them all. And that's my if, – if for lacrosse to get bigger and for lacrosse to grow as a sport nationally to watch and everything, there needs to be uh, – again, this is my soapbox. <laughs> it needs to be um, – let, let, schedule it properly. You know, let's do it. I've said it before. If you use the model for college football, for college lacrosse, ESPN could probably do something great. for. If they had a game day, a pregame show, and then said, here, we got this game at 12, this game at 3, and then we'll have a night game. That's three big games they can cover. Not to mention with the Big Ten with their own network mm-hmm. could fill in. So you could switch and watch just like college football on a Saturday in the fall, which does very well. Um, Plus the ladies game, I, uh, that that's the women's lacrosse and women's college lacrosse. I don't know if you watch it often. A- at first, I didn't watch it until my daughter started playing. And then I'm like, oh, I need to look into this more. It's a great sport. It's a great sport and it needs to be watched more. And I'm not just saying this because it's in the time we're in. It's fun to watch. These these women can play. And they're physical and they're fast. I mean, they're toe-dragging with a girl stick. So that's just another thing. But, I, you know, it's all about being able to get the sport, to watch the sport. A 3 o'clock game on a Wednesday afternoon or a 4 o'clock game. I think the Duke game the other day was on Wednesday. Who knew? And it was a great game. Last night there was the Syracuse uh Colgate game I didn't know about it until I looked on Twitter and saw people going crazy about it on Twitter saying oh my god is Syracuse gonna lose and I so I flipped onto it really quick at the end and caught the end um but it's now that we've got it now that you know everyone was talking ESPN's airing I don't know 50 games or 40 games or whatever they were this year well now it's let's see if we can get them to watch them all evenly yeah does that make sense yeah and i mean to your point like i'm looking at the schedule right now for today and i mean we have two games start at 11 a huge slate that start at 12 a bunch of games that start at one and we have uh utah and mercer at two we have threes three thirties i mean we have hobart canisius at seven but i mean and i know you can't schedule all the games at different times but i'm like well you have the it's like just the the layout i'm like well you can't watch the 11 12 and even one like maybe you catch the end of the one o'clock games, you know, if you're watching the 11, but you can't watch the 11 and 12 games. I mean, I guess when streaming, you can just have screens in front of you. You can have your TV and your iPad and your computer set up. But I mean, you can't really watch the game when you're trying to watch that many at once. Like that's a lot of screens in front of you. So I think to your point, like having some of these big games, maybe um, a little bit more spread out than you do. And like you said, do the, the Duke game, um, I can't remember what time that was on the day, but it's one of those, like, these things aren't, I guess, uh, scheduled as well. I mean, if Wednesday night is the lacrosse game of the week or, you know, we know how baseball does the Sunday night game of the week, 
know, Monday has Monday night football where they have like their showcase game. Like I feel like if there was a, a showcase game in that way where maybe they made it a little bit bigger of a deal, like maybe there's a show about it. I know Lack Sports Network do, does their best to, to cover some of this stuff, but and it obviously hasn't reached the, the mainstream in any way. So you kind of got to know where to look for. And I think to your point where we've talked in previous podcasts is you, to really grow it, it's got to kind of become just more for the normals, for the normal people, right. the people that aren't like seeking this stuff out specifically. Um, it's just kind of got to be one of those things like, oh, it's Saturday at noon. There's probably a lacrosse game on. Like you got, you got to be able to sit at the bar or just sit and turn on your TV and it be on, not, you know, have to be like, all right, what streaming app do I need to be able to exactly. watch this? <laughs> exactly. And that's the, that's the point. If ESPN or all these networks, um, uh, Big Ten networks, you know, I think Big Ten Network is great because if they could really generate, and I believe this wholeheartedly, if the Big Ten could generate the most interest in lacrosse, you know, these are huge schools with huge followings. They're all building lacrosse stadiums. You know, they're Penn State, I think theirs is opening up. Um, Michigan's is opening up. So they're putting their money behind it. Well, they also have a billion-dollar TV contract. So if they start airing it and it starts growing there, if the Big Ten grows, everyone will do it because it's the biggest, most profitable uh, college league there is. And so you get the Pac-12 follow, you get – and wow, if you could get, you know, if you get the SEC, if you can get one something going in the SEC, they're sports crazed. They love their sports. I mean, today in the MCLA – Clemson is playing Alabama. It's the first. It's the first MCLA game in there. It's and they're they're calling it a revenge game. Yeah, there'll probably be more people at that Clemson Alabama MCLA game than at some of the D one games. Oh yeah, I would think so. With the with and the... it's just be, right. It's just because of the rivalry. Yeah, the carryover. Right. I mean, so that that you could play that that the emotion you could play it and again. I, Content is king, and there's not enough live TV to make money for these stations. I don't understand why they are not sitting there going, let's just try this. We've lost money on so many things. Let's give this and push it. I mean, it's, it, it boggles the mind. It really does. It's like, let's pour, put more reality TV, more of the, it's garbage. Yeah. Let's go with the sports. And I know for me, like, this is one of those, like, um, usually when the, the conversation generally turns the college across, like, Honestly, I generally get pretty quiet because I do not watch. Like usually, when I start watching the college games, it's the it's the tournament, like the Final Four, and it's not because I don't want to watch it, but mostly it's because since I'm covering high school lacrosse, like for I've been doing this since 2008, 2009, and most springs, like I'm doing lax record stuff, but I've also in the past freelance for 3D Rising and US Lacrosse. So when it's like I am so absorbed in the high school lacrosse scene that the college games just like all right, well. That's a nice to watch, but I have stuff I have to do. And so generally, like, it's funny. Like, I know we were talking last night. Um, I love when, because I know the MIAA games, like the uh, Corrigan Sports, they broadcast a lot of the MIAA games during the year. And generally, they'll have, like, one of the big matchups, like maybe a boys Latin and a Haverford school, like that kind of PA Baltimore matchup. And I love it because the games usually start about 3, 3.30 Eastern time, which gives me, like, I'm usually just coming back from my lunch about that time. So I'll be sitting at my uh, computer at work and I'll have the screen, the game broadcast in the bottom corner of my screen. And I'm able to actually watch, you know, a uh, high school lacrosse game in Maryland while I'm at work. And my coworker thinks it's a little bit funny when I, you know, get a little excited about, you know, a goal being scored or something happens because they have no idea. They just seem like Mike's really excited about doing this web stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just, I have to kind of explain, no, I'm watching something over here. So. Um, for me, for me, it's always one of those like this, that, it's that pool. I'm like, man, I was like, I graduated from Mount St. Mary's. I would love to watch them. Ironically, they do not have a web stream on today, so I will not get to watch them play against Delaware. But it's one is like a perfect example. We are sitting here recording a podcast while college games are going on. When we get done recording, I'll be editing this podcast for publication tomorrow. <laughs> so it becomes that push and pull for me. It's just like, all right, you know, like, all right, my be nice to have. But I have other stuff that I also have to do. So it's like I always kind of feel bad. I'm like, I feel like I should be watching more college games. But I'm like, I'm so absorbed in the, the step before the college that it becomes that little bit of a challenge for me. 
Um, but it's always fun whenever I hear like Asher noting um, at a high point, like when I was hearing his name, I was like, oh, I remember him in high school. Like that for me is always fun when I start to see the names of the kids that I covered in high school um, prop up. Like that's fun for me. Like, you know, I love seeing Nate Solomon be on Syracuse's uh, media stuff because I'm like, oh, I remember talking to him when he was a junior and senior in high school. And I remember what his high school career is like that. So like, for me, it's like that, that's fun for me. Like I, I love seeing those names and those kids that I covered go on to play in college and become names in college. Yeah. Well, the, to a lesser extent, I, I mean, I haven't covered the high school game as long as you. Um, but over the last few years, since I've been covering it and watching it and being, I love that. There's, the, I mean, you know, I, again, being from the Midwest and covering the Midwest, when I see a Midwest kid doing something on, in college, I'm like, oh, look, that kid, he's, you know, he's from Michigan. Like Sergio Perkovic, when he was on there, I'm like, brother, Ice, Mich-. and I loved when they would always talk about it. I loved when, when Paul Carcassero would be talking about his parents' deli or his restaurant or whatever. And I'm like, there's a Midwest kid. They're, you know, br- they're talking brother Rice. I love to hear that. Uh, so that's exactly how you say it is the way I love it. That's got to be people's feelings everywhere you don't yeah. think there's kids in texas who's who's you know their teammates might be on a d1 team from back in the day and they're like yeah i played with that kid i mean yeah. I, I you know i i know people who played college basketball and they're like oh uh he was i covered him like i had a friend who played against anthony hardaway he went he scored 32 points and anthony hardaway scored 34 points on him and he used to be like yeah that guy uh he was the first pick in the draft or top five pick he's like i played against him yeah i mean it's it's the same kind of feeling it's just i think there has to i think i think lacrosse has an inferiority complex where they don't think they can push where i'm of the opposite way like you kick a door down and say this is how we should do it let's make a let's do saturday at this 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 time Let's do uh, Friday or Sunday or whatever day and, and promote the women's game, women's game and do it this time. So everyone knows where it is. Yeah. So it's that's all. It doesn't have to be every single team. It doesn't have. But let's just say where it is and then you can go find it. We're looking for it. We have to look to find the sport. I know that on Saturdays in the fall, in the fall I can flip on my TVs and I'll have a football game on each TV. Yeah. Now I have a I've built my home to have a nice man cave. I'm retired here and this is my 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 days. I love being in my basement. I'm in my basement right now. I'm going to have two TVs going. I'm going to have a computer and an iPad trying to get as possible. <laughs> this is what I like. This is what's great. I would like it to be easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously if, yeah, that's the perfect example. It's like you're making the effort to go see it. Like most people, especially if you don't know about it, like you're not just going to flip on the TV. Like you're not going to look for it. You're just going to be like, uh, what, what's on right now? You're going to look through the guide and you're going to pick what's easily available. You're not going to download an app or look for it. Like you got to kind of know what's there. Like it's got to be that in, in your face, which I know we're talking about college, but I think that's what's going to be interesting to watch about the uh, Premier Lacrosse League this summer with their deal with NBC that it's going to be one of those things like, you know, and in the summer, there's not really a whole lot else going on. I mean, you know, we have NHL and end of NBA and obviously baseball and stuff like that. But I mean, so there's not like there's nothing um, for sports fans to watch, but it'll be interesting to see, like, if people just flip on the TV on a Saturday afternoon, they'd be, they see lacrosse on like, that's going to be interesting from my perspective to see how that goes. Cause I'm like, that could be a way in for a lot of people. And that could be, and it, to be honest, like you wonder if something like that, if that goes well for NBC, maybe NBC tries to pick up some of these college games. Like, oh, you know, see the stars, you know, see their premier lacrosse league stars of tomorrow today. Like that's an easy end for them to be able, like, hey, we're going to pick up some college lacrosse games this year because we want to make sure people know who these guys are. And then that way they're easier to promote um, when they're joining our professional league that they have an invested stake in. Right. So, it, that's that. That's a great end for for both PLL and NBC to do that if it's if it's in their best interest. Right. I mean, last night I'll give you a real example of what happened. So last night after we got off the phone, I look on Twitter, Syracuse is playing, they're losing. So I go to ESPN watch ESPN mm-hmm. on my phone and I click on it and it wouldn't go through because I just got new cable. So I didn't, you know, you have to hook up your cable to your 
watch ESPN app. So I called my cable company and I said, I need to, my, it's not going through. What's this? And the guy said to me, he's like, well, this is really the downtime for sports. So, you know, what are you, what are you so anxious about getting it for? I go, it's not the downtime for lacrosse. And he goes, oh, I don't know anything about lacrosse. <laughs> he's like, I'm a football fan. I said, well, I'm a lacrosse fan. So I need to get this code to get it working, which I ended up getting it working. It's great. But that was the thing. It's, it's the downtime for sports. And I'm thinking, this is, this is an opening. You yeah. should be, it's lacrosse season. Promote it. Just try it, please. That's all I'm, I mean, people like you who promote the sport, uh, all the other inside lacrosse, everyone else, it's, it's going to take all of us if we want to do it. I, yeah. I, I hate sounding like a cheerleader, but I truly believe <clears throat> if we want to make this sport well known, it's going to take everyone pulling in the same direction. I mean, it's funny because, like, my, my wife, she had no idea what lacrosse was when, you know, it was funny because when I moved to the Midwest, when I moved to Chicago, I guess a little bit more than four years ago now, like, and, um, and I started dating and people were asking me, like, oh, what do you do? I was like, well, you know, I do this. For and they're like, and I was like, oh, and I also run a high school lacrosse website. It was always that kind of like tick of the head, kind of like, I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> right. kind of thing. And I realized, like, and I always kind of said it, like, you know, it's like, I know you're not going to have any idea what I'm about to say, but it was just one of those things. And it was like, oh, okay, what is that? <laughs> like, you know? So for me, like I was the cheerleader, it was one of those moments where you're just kind of like, oh, you know, this is what it is. And then, you know, my wife, you know, she's actually helped me kind of do some of the, the um, cleaning up of some of the data that I have over the years. So she's learned, she knows players and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of funny to see her. She still, for the most part, has no interest in it, but she's aware of it. And I'm like, well, we've made, you know, obviously, and her sister is aware of it now. So it's kind of one of those things they, uh, making aware is, is one of those is for me. I'm like, well, that's a step. It's a step in the right direction. So, and she's gone, my wife has gone to lacrosse games and I remember I took her to a Culver Academy McCallie game a few years ago. And she was like, her first, that was the first lacrosse game ever. And she was like, that was really fun to watch. She was like, they really whack on each other out there. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny because that, that was her reaction. I was like, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun to watch. So like, that's good. It's like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> right. It's, it's, and you know, that was the other thing we were talking about last night is um, you have a, you have a high school games a Tuesday night at six o'clock, you know, you're not, and this is how, how many kids are going to come out. They just got home from school. They're doing their homework, and then they're going to go back to their school at 6 o'clock to watch a game, especially if it's 35 degrees out like it is in the Midwest. Today it's 14. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but football is every Friday night, and, fr- and, and, it, and it's a school that, that my son goes to. They get 5,000 people at their football games. Yeah. Can you imagine? Just g- give me 1,000 people at a lacrosse game, which I have seen. They had their big rivalry. They packed the place. It's crazy. But if you said, here you go, Friday night is college, or is high school. Saturday is college. And now, depending on what the pros do, you could do Sunday college, whatever. Yeah. But just give us the spot. Let everyone know. So you fall into it. Not that you have to search for it. Yeah. Uh, and athletic directors in, in high school are trying to get, you know, any sort of new revenue stream. Well, Give me a lacrosse game every Friday night at a home thing and make it up and make it fun. Make it an event. Do the same thing you do with football, cheerleaders, tailgates. And I, and I promise because every person who watches the sport, who's never seen it, they all say the same thing. Wow. This is a pretty cool sport. Yeah. I never knew about this sport. I wish I could have played this when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I've introduced several people to it, and their first reaction was like, "Oh, this is really, this is fun." Like, it's it combi- it's it's one of those sports. Like, obviously, we're we're obviously we're biased, but it takes a lot of what other sports have, and it feels like it combine. It takes a lot of what good and great about other sports. Like, you have the contact with football, you have the speed of basketball, you have you know the uh, high end hand eye coordination of a sport like hockey. I mean. It's just like there's so much going for it that it's hard to find something that's that's wrong with it. And so people that usually watch it, like they're like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Like that's almost with everybody that I've ever introduced to the sport, that almost is verbatim about what they say. Like this is a lot of fun. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's 
I wouldn't. I'm, it's almost one of those things. Like, you think I would cover something if it wasn't fun? Like, it's, it's almost right. one of those things you want to be like. If I didn't enjoy this, like, I wouldn't do it. Like, it's, one of those, like I wouldn't cover a boring sport. Like, you know, it's like. But then again, what someone finds exciting, other people find boring. So you never know. It's not across the board. But um, at any rate, I know we've already talked, um, and there's games starting. So I'm going to let you get back to your uh, your Saturday afternoon and watch the lacrosse. But before we get there, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can reach me at mward at laxrecords.com. You can email me or I'm on Twitter at MFWCHI, MFWSHI. Uh, and again, you can leave me a message and I will, I will be talking to you. And for me, you can find me at Lax Records on Twitter and Instagram, obviously laxrecords.com and facebook.com slash laxrecords. And for anybody who is using the Anchor app, like I know we kind of announced this feature a couple weeks ago, but you're actually able to leave us a voice message. So if you use the Anchor app and you are a fan of the Around the Crease podcast, you can actually basically leave us a voicemail and that actually would allow us to import that voicemail into a future podcast. So if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you want us to tell us who your favorite college team or what your favorite thing about um, college lacrosse is, favorite thing about high school lacrosse, whatever you would want to say, it's always possible it could end up in a future show. So we'd love to hear from everybody and get your feedback on how we're doing and um, what your thoughts are. So everybody, have a great week. Have a great week. I hope everybody really enjoyed that show. Before we get out of this week's episode, I wanted to take a minute and let you know the different ways you can support the work that we're doing at LaxRecords.com. The first way is Lax Records is actually a 501c3. We are a nonprofit organization. So if you go to LaxRecords.com slash donate, you'll be able to click on the donate button. And then you can either do a one-time donation or have the ability so you can do a recurring donation. Most people just do $2 a month, but you can actually choose any denomination of your liking. And that money goes directly into helping do improvements to the site and continued um, just keeping the content free and keeping it going. Another way you can do it, if you go to laxrecords.com slash gear, if it's like some t-shirts, pillows, some other accessories and things like that, stickers, any of that stuff that you purchase, obviously you get something cool to wear. I hope you think it's cool. Um, and then that money goes obviously to helping continue to work at laxrecords.com. And finally, if you obviously go to that laxrecords.com, slash gear page or if you go to laxrecords.com just below the fold you're going to see a link to amazon all you do is you click that link and you do whatever you're going to do with amazon you do your shopping you buy the stuff you get your groceries you buy a new car whatever amazon is selling now these days whatever you buy amazon actually goes and they kick back a portion of their profit and they give it to laxrecords.com so that takes no extra effort on your part all you're doing is your normal shopping if you shop at amazon.com and that really goes to helping support the work we do. So hopefully one of those options suits you. Um, I hope everybody has a great week. 